Alright everybody, welcome back to another edition of the Morning Track Talk podcast with your host Dave and Dave. And today we have yet another Philadelphia Phillies versus the Washington Nationals recap. And of course this one was from September the 3rd, but uh, Zach Wheeler, uh, basically the highlight of the night, uh, keeping the Nationals at bay. Uh, just like the rest of the the uh, Phillies pitching has been doing. But uh, nevertheless, Dave, what do you take from this game and uh, how the Phillies have been playing lately? I thought it was another team game. I really did. I thought it was another game uh, where the offense was clicking on all cylinders, the defense was clicking on all cylinders, and the pitching uh, did a phenomenal job with Wheeler, Phelps, and Workman. So uh, I think it's another great team win. It's it's needed, of course. After losing five in a row, the Phillies have won eight of nine. Um, so hopefully you can keep it up today and go for the four-game sweep against the, by the way, defending world champions. But they more or less, well, really, they look like they are uh, one of the worst teams in the league because they are by record. Uh, but the Phillies, they know that the Nationals can still uh, be competitive. So you're going to have to uh, go out today and, and try to win and, and sweep in four uh, against the Nationals. Yeah, there's no letting off the gas pedal at all. I think the Phillies need to uh, take this win and try and run with it. But uh, Andrew McCutcheon went one for four in last night's game, uh, still hitting and still showing that he is a significant part of the top of the Phillies lineup and just in their offense in general. And then you have Bryce Harper and JT Romuto, who both seem to be struggling. Harper going 0 for 3 with a walk and 3 strikeouts, and then JT going 0 for 2 with 2 walks, a run scored, and a strikeout. And now both of these guys, they're still walking. We could see that. They're still getting on base. So the guys that are hitting in the lineup are, you know, hopefully able to score more runs from Harper and Real Muto to keep them a significant part of the lineup like they are. They will always be a significant part of this lineup. But for right now, I think if Harper and Real Muto can both get on base at high clips and, you know, still be successful that way, then they could definitely still help this offense in ways that uh, we we don't necessarily see all the time. Uh, But they do seem to be struggling, Dave, and I think that's the uh, overarching idea here. How does that affect the Phillies offense going forward? Well, first off, I actually think that JT Romuto's effort to stat line is kind of low based on what he did last night. I thought his two walks were really great. He worked Max Scherzer for, uh, I believe, both were 3-2 counts. Um, He was found off some pitches. So I actually thought that JT Romuto did a really good job in last night's game, and I thought that he was a big part to scoring some runs. And Harper did have a walk. He did strike out. uh, But Harper hasn't really fared well against Scherzer um, in the at-bats that he has faced him. But I just think that, you know, just the presence of Harper and Romuto there affects this lineup because you're seeing other contributors to this lineup uh, really step up. You know, Andrew McCutcheon, Reese Hoskins, even though it wasn't Hoskins last night, it was Neil Walker, uh, Jay Bruce, uh, Gene Segura, even though, you know, I'm not the biggest fan of Gene Segura, uh, you know, he, he is another one that can hit. So um, I think that the Phillies have tons of other guys in that lineup. Their lineup is very deep. The bench is deep for the most part. So I think that, you know, with Harper and Ramita struggling, as long as the rest of the Phillies offense can at least score, you know, three, four runs a night, I think that the way that they're pitching right now, it can really keep the other team at bay. Uh, but I, I don't think this Harper and Ramita thing obviously is long-term. Um, you know, I think that Ramuto has had better at-bats recently, um, so I think that he's towards the end of that um, cold streak. I think that Harper uh, is striking out more, which is always kind of the telltale sign he's in a slump. 
Uh, but who knows? He may get out of it. The Mets are throwing some pitchers out there this weekend. Um, and also tonight against Anibal Sanchez, that maybe Harper can see well. Um, some righties that you know seem to be struggling a little bit. So uh, I don't think it's something to be overly concerned about. But I think that the presence of Harper and Ramito just really helps this lineup kind of gel together and helps, of course, give it more depth. Dave, I couldn't have said it any better. Uh, I agree with that 110%. I mean, you think of the lineup without Harper and Real Muto, and you see some holes there. And even though they might not be contributing uh, too much on the hitting side of the baseball, they definitely have good defense. And I think that's something that the Phillies really need. And they say that defense wins championships. And you got to believe that because to be able to win, you need to be solid on both sides of the ball. And Harper and Real Muto can do just that. But moving on, we have Jay Bruce, who went one for four with a solo shot and, of course, three strikeouts to go along with that to balance out the performance, I guess you could say. But that solo home run was vital in giving the Phillies some offensive insurance. And, uh, yeah, the Phillies ended up winning three to nothing. So it was definitely a close game, and Bruce's solo home run meant a lot. But will Bruce continue to be a major power contributor to this offense in 2020? I hope so. I really think that Jay Bruce has been an underrated pickup that Matt Klintak uh, did last season in the trade with the Mariners. Um, uh, I, th- I think that Jay Bruce is really, you know, of course, a power threat. And yes, he does have his batting average problems and his striking out problems, but he, he can hit the long ball. He can get on base, too, which I think is really impressive. Uh, and the thing I like about Jay Bruce is he works counts and gets on base and hits home runs against the, some of the best in the league. He was putting up the best at bats against Garrett Cole, doing it again last night with Max Scherzer getting the home run. I really think that Jay Bruce is going to be major to this team, especially when the Phillies get deeper down the road in the regular season and hopefully the playoffs. When they're facing top-tier pitchers, I think that Jay Bruce, just his experience of being around the league so long and just his knowledge of the game, his knowledge of trying to get on base, his knowledge of you know where to put the ball and, and you know hitting home runs, I think that that's really going to help this Phillies team. And like I said, with Harper and Ramita struggling and Jay Bruce coming uh, off the 10-day IL and really doing – uh, you know, this and hitting home runs and, and you know, uh, coming back into the lineup and helping kind of be the connector between uh, McCutcheon and Hoskins and Segura and Didi. I think that Jay Bruce has done a fantastic job, and, and I do think uh, that he will continue to be a major power contributor, even though he may go through some offensive slumps. But I think that Jay Bruce really helps this team. He's the veteran. I think that you can maybe even consider him to Matt Stairs. Um, in that 2008 World Series run that the Phillies had. Jay Bruce is a major bat to that lineup, and uh, I'm really happy that he's on the side of the Philly. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Bruce, he is a major power contributor, and just asking that question, uh, you know. And Bruce is one of those guys, he's more or less a prototypical power hitter. He's going to strike out, but he does work counts, like you were saying, Dave, and he does attack you with the long ball. If you leave a pitch... Uh, over the plate, Bruce is going to hammer it. And, you know, I I don't believe the pitch that was thrown last night to Bruce was absolutely, you know, over the plate, but Bruce hammered it, and it just shows that uh, Bruce has the stick to hit. And, you know, you don't need to throw a pitch down the middle for Bruce to hit a home run. He's able to do it without that, and that's one of the reasons why Bruce is so good. And, yeah, Bruce goes through his highs and his lows just like every other hitter does, But Bruce is one of those guys that you want up in the big moment, or in the big moments, rather. I mean, when you look at the at-bats he had against Garrett Cole, like you were saying, the at-bats that he had against Max Scherzer, these are at-bats that are crucial 
for the Phillies. And Jay Bruce comes up big in those at-bats. And even when he doesn't, he works the counts like we were saying, Dave. So Bruce is definitely a very, very important part of this Phillies lineup. And even when he's not in it, he's a very important part of the bench. And he just adds that much more offense, uh, even in situational aspects, uh, to that Phillies offense. But I guess you could say um, one of the big stars of the offense last night was Neil Walker, who went 3-for-3 three three with two RBIs. And you have to tell yourself, Joe Girardi did a great job in choosing Neil Walker over Reese Hoskins. And I know it's um, it's really hard to choose Neil Walker over Reese Hoskins when we see Hoskins going absolutely crazy uh, with the baseball and being able to hit lately uh, and cross our fingers that that still happens. But um, Neil Walker going 3-for-3 three three with two RBIs last night, it's, it's something that um, was a great matchup move that Joe Girardi did. And you really have to give it to him. I, I didn't necessarily think that Neil Walker would get a bunch of hits going into the game. But I guess matchup numbers are what was looked at, and it really did favor the Phillies and Joe Girardi. So, uh, Dave, what do you think of the move? And uh, I don't know. Do you think that Joe Girardi's making the right moves? I questioned Joe Girardi a little bit in the beginning of the season with the bullpen moves that he had, but or that he was making, sorry. Uh, but I really think that the move with Neil Walker was just kind of based off of common sense. It wasn't really an analytical thing. It was, at least in my opinion, I think it was based off of common sense. I mean, with so many, uh, you know, days that the Phillies are going to need Reese to bat. And, you know, also coming into this game, Reese Hoskins was struggling heavily against Max Scherzer. I believe he never got a hit uh, against Max Scherzer, and that's according to MLB.com. Uh, but I still, obviously, he didn't get a hit against him last night because uh, Neil Walker was in there. But I think it was a great move by Girardi. He's made his questionable decisions, but I think really lately he's done a great job with managing this team. Uh, Neil Walker being the veteran that he is, um, you know, same thing with Jay Bruce. These are guys that have experience. They've seen the best. They've dealt with the best. And, yes, they're in the back end of their careers. And, yes, they're, you know, not as good as they were in their prime but they're still guys who have experience, who've been in the league for so long. Uh, you know, no different sequences that different teams and pitchers are using, which I think is huge. Um, whenever you could have veterans like uh, Jay Bruce and Neil Walker on your team, it really helps not only the team overall, but the younger guys like Alec Bohm. And, um, but I really think that, uh, you know, Neil Walker, uh, it was a good decision by Joe Girardi, and I, and I like what he's doing up there. Yep, couldn't agree more. And you know what? This goes to show that you don't need to be an all-star to bolster this Phillies offense. All you need to do is have good at-bats and uh, be able to really just help the Phillies to have that edge over other teams. And uh, that's just what Neil Walker and Jay Bruce and uh, other guys are doing right now. So it's really good to see. But uh, moving on to the pitching side of things, we have Zach Wheeler, who got the win in last night's game and now is 4-0 and on the season. And he went 6-2 and thirds strong innings. Uh, allowing three hits and no runs, no earned runs, uh, and two walks with six strikeouts. So uh, definitely a really good, uh, really solid pitching line for Zach Wheeler. And he just continues to pitch great for the Phillies. We we thought going out of summer camp that he would be atrocious with his performance versus the Orioles, uh, but it just seems like Wheeler has it together. And he's starting to pump 97, 98, 99, and you can see Wheeler is competitive. You can see that Wheeler... Uh, does have that fastball that he wants to execute. And, and I think uh, they've really worked things out, and I think Wheeler has finally found himself, uh, cross our fingers, that that is the case. Uh, but Wheeler has been doing very good lately. And just to show, uh, his ERA is down to 2.20. So that goes to show you that uh, Wheeler is just um, 
he's in beast mode right now, and he's going out there, and he's he's just feasting right now. I, I don't know how else to say it. He's eating hitters alive. He's using that fastball. He's using his off-speed well, and JT's um, really complementing that well uh, with helping him with sequencing, and I think that's a big part of being able to pitch, and Wheeler is just doing great. But uh, I guess the big question for Wheeler is, Will he be able to sustain? I can't even speak right now. Jeez. Will Wheeler be able to sustain his success throughout the entire season and hopefully the playoffs, Dave? What is your take on this? Do you think he can do just that? Well, first off, I want to—I really think that the reason why Wheeler's having a great season is really—I mean, of course he has the stuff, uh, but I think that Brian Price has been a fantastic help to him. Um, you know, the past couple of seasons with the Mets, Wheeler was told, and, and, you know, that was the way he was going, I guess he was told, uh, you know, to be that strikeout pitcher, right? And, you know, he comes to Philadelphia, and yes, he does have a electric fastball, 98, 99, painting the corners. But I think the most impressive thing has been able to see him induce weak contact. And, you know, there were instances in last night's game where he was getting hit hard, but it didn't matter because he was making pitches when he had to. He was making quality pitches against very good batters like Turner and Soto in that lineup when he was in a jam and when he had to get out of it. So I really think that the the mentality that Brian Price has kind of instilled in Zach Wheeler's head um, has made him a much more comfortable pitcher and a much more efficient pitcher. Um, and therefore, the Phillies, at least right now, did not pay for Zach, or did not overpay for Zach Wheeler as many people thought they did. And even I think I can include myself in that uh, because Zach Wheeler has done a fantastic job. And you can argue the point that Zach Wheeler has been the Phillies' ace this season. Uh, but Aaron Nola and Zach Wheeler have both done fantastic jobs so far. Uh, it's a great one-two punch. It may be one of the best one-two punches in baseball right now with Noah Syndergaard uh, being injured and Max Serzer and Patrick Corbin not exactly doing phenomenal this season. Uh, so Nola and Wheeler, they're carrying the pitching staff. It seems like every time they go out there, it's like uh, a game that you should win. You know what I mean? There's like, oh, we got a good probability uh, to win two in a row with Nola and Wheeler uh, on the mound, especially with the way this offense is hitting. So I think that Wheeler's done a fantastic job. And, and I do think he can continue to have success as long as he continues to use the same mentality on the mound. Right, and I, I like that you brought up the fact that when you have Nola and Wheeler out there, there, there are two games uh, out of the five that you know you should win. And I think other pitchers give you a good opportunity as well, but putting Nola and Wheeler out there just gives the Phillies that opportunity. Both are pitching extremely well, and I think it has many fans excited every time that they take the bump for the Phillies that uh, they'll just have that opportunity to win. And just knowing that is, you know, something that leaves us fans and probably the team itself a little bit more comfortable uh, with the Phillies because over the past, uh, you know, well, it's been happening for a while, the inconsistencies. And uh, finally, being able to say that uh, the pitching is doing better is something that we haven't heard in a while, like I said. So uh, it's definitely really nice to see. And then we had um, David Phelps, who made his Phillies debut last night, tossing one and a third innings, uh, striking out one, doing a fantastic job, and then having Brandon Workman come in for his eighth save of the year, tossing an inning, uh, allowing a hit, a walk, and striking out one batter. Uh, Workman, Dave, I, I just... I don't know what to say about him anymore. I know he has great stuff, but uh, the location is just uh, otherworldly when it comes to, uh, you know, just being able to throw the baseball and not otherworldly in a great way. Uh, where I, I just don't know. He's getting the strikeout. 
I mean, he gets Astrubal Cabrera on that cutter up in the zone, and I believe he's done that before, and Cabrera is just looking silly right now. I, I It might be because he's in a little bit of a slump, but Workman uh, definitely be, being able to make it out of that inning without allowing a run, and that's something that's been different for him uh, as of late because he's been getting hit around a little bit, but uh, I, I think Workman might be running into a little bit of fortune right now because of his location, but I, I think his stuff plays, and, and I think that's the main reason why he's having success right now because we know he can throw that cutter, and the cutter has good break on it, and he has that great curveball that just loops in the zone, and it has good dive to it, and I believe he has a fastball as well. So, I mean, he has good pitches, it's just that location is horrendous. I don't know if you agree with that, Dave, but I, I just don't know. Uh, I guess the question to ask about Workman is, do you keep him as the closer, or do you go to someone else? I just think that Workman is struggling right now. I mean, I think that his main problem is that his whip is too high. If you're a casual fan and you know don't know what whip means, it's pretty much walks and hits uh, per inning. Um, and his whip is, is pretty high because, like you said, Dave, he's, he's not having great command, so he's walking batters and, and giving up some hits. Uh, the Phillies have been lucky, though, that not many of those hits have been extra base hits or home runs, except for a few. Uh, I think that Workman, of course, has the stuff. Uh, he's getting lucky. Um, but I do think that hopefully eventually he can begin to get out of that, uh, you know, mini stretch he's having where he's not, you know, locating every single pitch as he would like to. Um, but are you ready to move on to the Nationals, Dave? Yeah, I mean, who wants to hear about the Nationals, honestly, at this point? I mean, but sure. No. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Yeah, that's what we want to hear, Dave. That's a, that's a good take on it. I like that. The Nationals, Trey Turner, their leadoff hitter, was 0 for 4, and Juan Soto, who was the second batter in that uh, Nationals lineup, went 0 for 3. Uh, Soto did have a walk, but did strike out two times, so 0 for 7 between Turner and Soto. Uh, the two best Nationals hitters, Estrubal Cabrera, the former Philly, went 1 for 4 with a strikeout. Uh, and then we have Victor Robles, who continues to kill the Phillies, by the way. I don't think that Victor Robles hurts any team as much as he hurts the Phillies. I remember last season there was a game, I think I was even at this game, where Victor Robles hit a ninth-inning home run off of Udebre Ramos, uh, and pretty much the heart crumbled. Uh, <laughs> but Robles was one for three in last night's game. Well, let's not talk about the heartbreak here. Let's talk about the happy passion here. Uh, Max Scherzer did, does get the loss. Uh, he uh, declines to three and two. Uh, he did pitch six innings, but did give up seven hits. Three runs, all three were earned runs. Of course, the two RBI single by Neil Walker and the solo shot by Jay Bruce. Uh, Scherzer did allow three blocks, which is unlike him, and only struck out six batters. Uh, so why, Dave, does Max Scherzer, does, if I can even speak English here, Max Scherzer seem to not be the Mad Max that we know? Uh, to be honest, I, I mean, stuff does deteriorate with age. I don't necessarily see that being the case with Max. It's it's really hard to um, pinpoint what exactly is going on. I, I guess you could say that, you know, he doesn't exactly execute pitches the way that he wants to. He's still getting those strikeouts when he needs them. But Scherzer is just one of those guys that goes out there and he competes every start. It's not like he's doing terrible because Max is certainly not doing terrible at all. I mean, he, he's getting through ball games, only allowing a, a few earned runs. You know, I, I mean, the walks might be a little bit of an issue, and I think that comes with execution of pitches. So 
I, I mean, when you look at that and you look at the type of pitcher that Max is, you can't really say that he's not competing and that he's not, you know, doing what he wants to do. It's just the execution. And I, I think that's a big part of Scherzer's game is execu- executing those pitches. And that's how he gets his strikeouts is being able to execute. And uh, some pitchers struggle every now and then. I mean, Scherzer's been so successful for so long and this just might be a season, a shortened season, which fortunately um, it is for Max, I guess, at this point and the Nationals. You know, hopefully he's able to get back on track. But I think this is just a lull that Max is hitting, Dave. Uh, what do you think? I mean, I, I'm not complaining. I, I will take Max Scherzer being not a gr- not a great pitcher. I mean, still a good pitcher, but not a great pitcher uh, as we usually know him. Uh, I'm not complaining, Phillies fans. I'm not. Trust me. I, I <laughs> I'll take it. Uh, <laughs> uh, Tanner Rainey and Will Harris combined. They went two innings in last night's game. They shut down this Phillies offense late in the game. Zero hits, only one walk, uh, and they did strike out three batters combined. Uh, so I guess it's time to move on to today's game since we do have a lot to get to while uh, still in the rest of this podcast. Lots of news to cover here. Uh, the Nationals, uh, of course, at the Phillies for game four of four today. That game will begin at 4.05 p.m. Uh, it will be Anibal Sanchez for the Nationals. He's one in four with a 6.90 ERA. He's been getting lit up lately. Uh, and he will be opposed by the Phillies' Zach Eflin, uh, who is two and one with a 4.10 ERA. He is coming off of his best start of the season against the Nationals uh, last Saturday on national TV, which was on uh, Fox, I believe. Uh, And you can watch this game on NBC Sports Philadelphia, as always, and you can listen on 94.1 WIP or WTTM 1680 in Espanol. Yes. And it is time for today's predictions. Uh, Dave, I'll start with you. Can the Phillies win four in a row, which would mean they would win nine of their last ten, and can they go 6-0 and against the defending World Series champions, the Nationals, this season? I mean, in my opinion, why not? You know, the Phillies are on a tear right now. Their offense is doing well. We know that the pitching is starting to come together a little bit. It seems like some guys in our bullpen can still pitch. And so uh, that's definitely a good thing. And I, I think it's a good advantage over the Nationals, who just can't seem to put it together against these Phillies this season. Uh, but, Dave, we've talked about it before. Uh, not exactly on the podcast, but it it would be a Philadelphia Phillies thing to see them struggle against Anibal Sanchez this time out. You know what I mean? But um, now I do think it's going to be a different story uh, against Anibal, and I do think that they're going to be able to win this game. Cross our fingers and uh, knock on a little bit of wood here. But the Phillies are just going right now. And hopefully they can keep doing that. I mean, and who's not to say that Harper and Romuto won't get back to doing what they were doing, you know, at the beginning of the season. And I mean, leading up to this point. So, I mean, uh, Romuto hasn't been bad either. You know, let's not uh, point fingers at Romuto here. And Harper hasn't exactly been getting hits. He's been striking out a lot, but he's also been getting walked. And so both of those guys are still, like we said, Uh, Very important parts of this lineup, but I do think that they will help in being able to help the Phillies win four in a row and being able to go 6-0 against the Nationals this season. Man, uh, I'm really hoping, you know what I mean? I'm hoping that we can get a win today. Uh, I really shut down, uh, you know, this lineup here. Uh, But who's going to shut down the Phillies lineup? Uh, It's going to be Zach Eflin. Uh, And will Zach Eflin continue his greatness from his last start against the Braves on Saturday. Huh. Well, 
I mean, it's tough to say. Zach Eflin's one of those guys who will go out, have a good start or two, and then he might drop off a little bit, and then he'll come back. He has his ebbs and flows, and I think if he can maintain consistency and he can go out there and he can just battle, I think he'll be great. I think Eflin does have the ability to do that. Uh, in uh, the distant past, uh, Zach Eflin's been okay against the Nationals from what I can recall, but as of late, Eflin's been amazing, and hopefully he can just maintain that success, like I said. I think his ability to pitch to the corners and be able to utilize that fastball along with the sinker and the cutter and that new curveball that he's brought in, I think all of those pitches really do play, and I know I do use that word a lot, especially when we're talking about workmen, but Eflin's got stuff. You know, he's got velocity. It's the location, it's the consistency, and I think if you put all those things together for Eflin, he's able to go out there and give you a great start, and it's not asking the world out of Eflin, you're asking for a solid start against a lineup who's not really producing right now, except for Trey Turner and Juan Soto, who, you know, bring the bats, and, you know, Hallie Kendrick, who, you know, just hits, and just is a natural-born hitter, but, uh, you know, besides those three nationals, I don't, I don't really see them putting up too much of a fight. I could be wrong, but we'll have to see what happens. Uh, I do predict Zach Eflin to have a really nice start against the Nationals today, even despite uh, seeing them not too long ago. I'm hoping. I, I really am. Uh, hopefully a sinker ball is on. Hopefully uh, Zach Eflin is uh, going to curve up some uh, some batters, uh, cook up some batters, I should say. Uh, but, you know, me and Dave, uh, we've talked about it before. Zach Eflin is, is iffy, uh, can be very good, can be very, very bad. Uh, but hopefully we get the good Eflin today to get the four-game sweep uh, of the Nationals and approve to 6-0 and against them and to win four in a row and to also win 9 of 10. There's so much winning here. I'm hoping it continues. Uh, Philadelphia sports, sometimes it's hard to, uh, to get on some win streaks. <laughs> Uh, but the Phillies will retire Dick Allen's number 15 this afternoon. Of course, Dick Allen being one of the best uh, to ever put on a Phillies uniform. So we're going to take you back to the Shy Park days uh, of the Phillies. Um, he is the first Phillies player to have his number be retired uh, and not be in the Baseball Hall of Fame. Uh, of course, uh, you know, Dick Allen, it would be really great to see him get in the Hall of Fame uh, one day. Um, and that information, of course, uh, where he's not in the Hall of Fame is obviously just based off the fact that you can look up in the Hall of Fame. I've been to the Hall of Fame, so it was uh, hopefully Dick Allen is going to be in there very soon, Dave. Um, but the last note here before I uh, let you take over and kind of give your thoughts on Dick Allen is uh, rest in peace to uh, the Mets, Tom Seaver, Tom Terrific. Even though he caused the Phillies some problems uh, over his career, uh, rest in peace to Tom Seaver. The baseball world is mourning to one of the best pitchers uh, to ever pitch, uh, to ever to even step foot uh, on a baseball diamond. So, Dave, what do you make out of the Dick Allen's uh, number being retired news uh, today? Uh, and also, what do you make out of the uh, rest in peace message uh, to Tom Seaver? Well, I think both players are monumental to not only the game, but to their respective franchises. I think when, firstly, we look at Dick Allen, we know that he has a great bat, and, and he always brought that to the field. And even though his defense wasn't always stellar, uh, Dick Allen always won you baseball games by putting runs on the board. And that was the kind of player that Dick Allen was. And I, I think he is. He plays a big part in Philadelphia's history and being able to help them succeed, uh, you know, in baseball. And from what I know, he was a tremendous guy. 
And it just, you know, it's pretty nice to see the Phillies be able to retire Dick Allen's number 15 and uh, for him uh, just respectfully. And then moving on to Tom Seaver, I, I do really mourn the loss of Tom Seaver because he was one of the best pitchers in the game and I think always will be. All right, well, when we see Tom Seaver, of course, we remember him as a Met. But just because he was a Met does not mean that he was a bad guy. The dude went out, he was a competitor, and I know I just called him a dude, which wasn't really formal, but uh, he, he was a competitor. He was a guy that went out there every day and gave the team a chance to win, just like the Philadelphia Phillies, uh, you know, their starting rotation is doing right now. They're giving the team a chance to win. And Seaver went out there, and he always, you know, he wore his heart on his sleeve every time he was out there trying to pitch. And you could tell that he just wanted every single game. He took that Mets franchise to the playoffs, and you know what, Dave? He earned the title, the franchise. He was called the franchise because he helped this team to be able to make it from the ground up. And Seaver always will be one of the best pitchers in all of baseball. He has a really nice fastball that he used to ride up in the zone and eat hitters up. He had a great slider. He had a great arsenal of pitches in general. And Seaver's success was not only with the Mets. Seaver continued his career with, I believe, the Cincinnati Reds and the Chicago White Sox. And now, of course, all of this is according to MLB.com. But um, Tom Seaver had success with multiple teams. He's made an impact on the world of baseball, as well as the Mets, the Reds, the White Sox, every team he's played on. And I think he's just impacted so many people in his lifetime, and it sucks to see him go at 75 years old. But Seaver will always live in our hearts and in the world of baseball forever and ever. I thought that was uh, really well put, Dave. Uh, yeah, I really couldn't agree more. So rest in peace to Tom Seaver. Uh, if you want to learn more about Dick Allen and the whole ceremony, I believe NBC Sports Philadelphia will be covering it, as, as we always do. Uh, big shout-out to NBC Sports Philadelphia. They do great coverage uh, with the Phillies and all Philadelphia sports. Um, all the information that we talked about in this video, uh, or in this video podcast, <laughs> is from uh, MLB.com, either the box scores or based on the MLB.com news headlines. That's where you can find out about the Dick Allen and the Tom Seaver news. Uh, I guess we're going to wrap up the podcast, uh, but I just want to say thank you to everyone who listened to today's podcast. Uh, please share this podcast with your friends and family. Uh, we are available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, Anchor. Uh, we did hit our we're past 500 views now. Uh, we're sailing past 500 views, which is great. I uh, really couldn't thank all of you guys enough. Uh, also tonight, uh, after the Phillies game, as I always do, a uh, shout-out to the Flyers. They'll be playing Game 6. It is a must-win game. They are down in the series 3-2. to two. They will need to win Game 6 and Game 7 to continue on. So hopefully the Flyers uh, can win Game 6 tonight and then win Game 7, which will be on Saturday. And tonight's game will be on at 7 o'clock after the Phillies game at 4. Um, so rest in peace to Tom Seaver. Thank you to the healthcare and the frontline workers. I don't know if I said that already, just kind of rambling off stuff. There's a lot of news to cover in this podcast. Um, but, yeah, that's pretty much all I got, Dave. Uh, stay safe. Go Phillies. Go Flyers. Um, and I don't know if I said it already, but go check out your uh, Instagram and YouTube, Major League Talk, uh, for great baseball content. So uh, that's pretty much all I got, Dave. That was so much to say. So much on my head I wanted to get off here. Um, and, and hopefully I got pretty much everything I wanted to say uh, off. But I'll, I'll tell you, I'll head it over to you, pal. 
Well, Dave, I hope you emptied the tank on that one, my friend. But uh, overall, uh, thank you all for listening to the Winning Track Talk podcast once again. Uh, thank you to all of the frontline workers for everything they do for our community. And thank you to everyone who supports the Morning Track Talk podcast. And uh, yeah, we made it over 500 listens and it's been a ride thus far. And we will continue to post content uh, for all of you focused Phillies fans as we continue our journey, uh, you know, with the Philadelphia Phillies and keeping you all informed with the ladies, uh, the latest Phillies news. But if you like our content, then make sure to listen to previous episodes and future episodes that we will come out with in the future. But right now, this has been the Warning Track Talk podcast with your host, Dave and Dave.